Hello all, welcome to First Watch, where you watch season two premiere episode. Uh, this is where we go through the thrift store pop culture to bring you hopefully gems, but sometimes crap like the Star Wars holiday special will pop up every now and then. That is still the worst thing I think I've ever seen on my screen before. Well, that voice you hear is the greatest other host from the ex-millennial man, man about town, super Michigan fan, not named Connor Stallions, Ty Kulik. How are you today, Ty? Hi, everybody. Connor Stallions. I'm surprised you didn't say, and I hate barstool sports. I don't like this guy at all, but man, Dave Portnoy is a pretty big Michigan fan. Oh, is he? I didn't, I didn't know he oh, was. He's a humongous Michigan fan, which I didn't realize until the whole Connor Stallions stuff came out. But I uh, don't want to be lumped in with Connor Stallions or Dave Portnoy, <laughs> Portnoy, but I do love me some Michigan Wolverines. I actually I went for a run with Kirk, our sometimes contributor. And the high school by his house was getting out, and a young kid said, go blue to me, because I had his Michigan sweatshirt on, and I said, go blue back. And then Kirk said, I don't understand you guys with your Michigan yeah. stuff. So. Well, Ty, I have a very important question to ask you. Yeah. You are to tell you, you have recently been recruited by the Star League to defend the frontier against Zur and the Kodan Armada. Are you ready mm-hmm. to take that? Much like Alex Rogan, I am not prepared to take that. <laughs> I kind of wish I had his beta unit uh, <laughs> attitude towards all this stuff. I want to say right off the bat, and I'll just say something right here. We might say for the end, but I didn't know what to expect when I saw this. And I didn't know if you were like, well, he's probably going to hate this movie. I loved this movie. No, I I... absolutely (laughs) loved this movie. This is The Last Starfighter from 1984. Like a lot of the movies we covered in the first season, this was a fairly low budget movie, but this was a successful film. It actually, it was made for roughly around $15 million, and almost all that money was in the graphics, which we'll talk about. Mm -hmm. But the movie made, in its initial run, close to $30 million, and then it became a huge hit on VHS. Like, I don't remember seeing this in the theater. I think I saw it on VHS, but it's kind of, when I go through the end, like some of the reboots, some of the things people talked about, but... There is a reason I picked this for the very first episode, and that is the actress Catherine Mary Stewart. Is that Maggie? Yes. Beautiful. Absolutely stunningly. Our first season kicked off with the canon films The Apple, which was her first movie ever. This is probably her second biggest movie ever, and maybe next season I'll kick off with her biggest film ever, Weekend at Bernie's. Oh, I've seen Weekend at Bernie's. (laughs) I don't remember her from that, but no, I saw her, and she is... She is like that prototypical 80s beauty. Like the, the feeling I got from seeing her in this movie is how I felt the first time I saw What's Her Face in Paris Bueller's Day Off, who was in Legend, which we did. In the yeah. Universe. Yeah. Mia Sarah. Yeah. Me, no, Mia Sarah. Mia Sarah. Yeah. yeah. Like Mia Sarah was my big crush when I was a little kid in the 80s. But had I seen this movie back then, I think I would have had a crush on Maggie, whatever. I'm sorry. I don't know the actress's name, but. <laughs> I'll refer to her as Meg. Yes. We talk about this. <laughs> Catherine Mary Stewart. So, Ty, I'm going to, if I'm sitting there in the movie theater, or if you're sitting there as a two year old in the movie theater and you're seeing your coming attractions, I'm going to play for everyone here the, the trailer for The Last Starfighter. Now, I, I'm going to explain this isn't the 100% trailer. The original trailer of this movie you'd see is over three minutes long. Okay. So, this is a condensed version, but it is something that you probably would see on a VHS of, like, coming attractions. So here it is. Alex Rogan lives in a small trailer park in the California mountains. He has a dream to go to college. You guys think I'm going to hang out here, watch you shine your pickup? Forget it, man. I'm doing something with my life. Start a career. 
really are leaving here, aren't you? Of course I'm going away. We're both going away. Both of us, Alex. And most of all, to get out. Who gets your chance? Important thing is when it comes. You gotta grab it with both hands. Then, one night, a mysterious stranger offers Alex an opportunity he never dreamed of. Who are you? I'm Centauri, and you may... No, you must trust me implicitly. Get in. Nothing Alex Rogan has ever imagined could prepare him for what he is about to experience. <laughs> hey. Why was Alex chosen? And will he ever return? Where are we going? Trust me. Oh, you're gonna love it. Love it. Look out! Oh, dear. The Last Starfighter. His adventure in space is about to begin. It looks promising. Mm-hmm. I... <laughs> I watched a two and a half minute trailer when yeah. you mentioned this movie to me. And yeah, it's, I appreciate it because they don't give too much away, although they do give away the ending. Yes. He's coming off the spaceship <laughs> and walking out. I liked the trailer. It got me excited for the movie. I will say, when I started watching it, like the first 20 to 25 minutes are kind of a bore because it's the Starlight Starbright trailer part. Mm-hmm. And Otis is the wise old black man who happened to show up in all these 80s movies. And the friends all had a red pickup truck and they were Hoosiers with most. So it's the prototypical like 80s teen comedy stuff. But once they got into space and once, especially once Beta Alex showed up, I was fully in. And I've got some interesting stories about the Beta Alex part, which I think kind of happy accident kind of helped make the movie. But I'm going to talk a little bit about the production of this movie first. All right. It was directed by a guy named Nick Castle. Now, Nick Castle went to film school with John Carpenter. And they made a couple of little little films, one of which a won an Oscar for short film, launched their careers. But he was more of a writer. Now, John Carpenter's first big Hollywood movie is a movie called Dark Star, which I personally need to go revisit it. It's kind of like it's supposed to be almost a gory comedy off of 2001, but it's extremely low budget. And there's a famous scene with the quote unquote beach ball alien. Well, Nick Castle, the director of this movie, he played that part. Oh, okay. He was also the original Michael Myers. So in Halloween. Yeah, I saw something about somebody was in Halloween. Yeah. And he helped write the movie Escape from New York. So he was with Carpenter a while, but, you know, he wanted to get into his own thing. And he found this script and decided this was going to be his movie. Now, he went on. He went on to write the movie Hook. He helped write parts of Escape from L.A. I mean, he's still in the business, but. Movie-wise, I think his, uh, or is the writer, I think, did Theodore Rex was his big thing. (laughs) (laughs) That's uh, with Whoopi, right? Yeah. Whoopi Goldberg, yeah. But they found this little script, and you had had Tron had come out, and so they had all these computer graphics and things like that. And they wanted to make this movie, but they were going to render almost everything in computer graphics. So it had a legendary, it took them like less than a month to shoot this movie. I read 40 days. Yeah, yeah. I I think that was all the computer work and things like that. Which, while I'm talking about that, there's a video for those people out there. If you go look at it, it's like a five, six minute video of the the effects team from Godzilla Minus One, which they're they're nominated for an Oscar. And the movies are nominated against Napoleon, Guardians of the Galaxy, probably another Marvel or something like that. All these movies cost more than $200 million to make. Godzilla Mm -hmm. Minus One cost... $15 million to make. 
Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and you, this video, they show you how they did the effects, and it is incredible. So That's cool. You watch Last Starfighter, the effects don't look quite as good, but I'll tell you, they blew my goddamn mind. When I was... <laughs> so this is another thing I was mentioning to our dad and Kirk today when we were out for coffee, is that I watch this movie, and I when I watch these older movies, I try and put myself back in that time frame. This, for people who don't know, this movie came out nearly 40 years ago. Yes. So... It'll look primitive to us, but what I was saying is I like going back and watching these because there's so much more practical stuff done, whereas you can go watch a Marvel movie and it looks like these superheroes are come to life and they look as real as they've ever looked before. But I appreciate seeing something kind of at its stepping stone, seeing something primitive like this. Like, yeah, it looks like computer graphics. It looks like the video game. But also part of me thought maybe Nick Castle was doing that on purpose because he wanted the, the ships to look like the ships that Alex is fighting while he's playing the starfighter video yeah and don't get me wrong some of the people involved with all of this stuff again castle comes from john carpenter and these people the centauri's car that we're going to talk about the spaceship car was designed by the same guy that designed the cars in blade runner Uh, it it looked like the delorean it is it was modeled after that but the to kind of make it futuristic the same guy that designed the cars in blade runner you had the uh, the guy that did a lot of the visual effects had worked on alien and star wars i mean there was people on this movie where they didn't spend any money was the actors, but they I didn't I didn't <laughs> I didn't know a single person in this movie. I, except when I saw in the credits Will Wheaton. Oh, oh yeah, his and every speaking part he had was cut. Oh really? Yeah, <laughs> because my favorite character was his friend, the kid who <laughs> is cursing and looking at Playboy. So yeah, yeah. Lewis, I believe is his yes, name. Lewis. Which I have <laughs> yeah. I have an interesting story about him. What he ended oh, up okay. doing with his life. It's not tragic at all. As a matter of right, fact. Good. I didn't find a lot of tragedy with the people in here because everybody, everybody in this movie, from the writers, the directors, everybody like that, they've had careers. Two in particular, you're going to be really shocked when I tell you who one of them was. Okay. The movie itself was a very simple script. They talk about college and going to town and nothing. Can't get it alone. Yeah, right. Nothing. <laughs> they live in the trailer park. Everybody's super excited about a video game. And <laughs> they all they all are so obsessed with Alex and his life, too. And like Alex has to do everything in this neighborhood. He can't go into town with his friends because some old lady needs to watch her story. And though the guy that did the music, Craig Saffin, uh, he he did the, not the main title theme, but he did the music for the TV show Cheers. So, oh, okay. Again, there's some people in here. Now, you're going to hear this because I'm going to, I have Siskel and Ebert's review of this. And man, they get salty with each other about this movie. I'm sure they do. That's what they always <laughs> but, um, This was many Star Wars ripoffs. Star Wars had been a big thing. And so you had sure. these scripts that were in there. And it was, I said, like the guy who developed the Gunstar ship, the guy who made the model of it made models of ships for Star Wars, so you could tell it had it. But of a lot of these Star Wars ripoffs, this is the one that's kind of lasted longer. It's kind of had a little bit more longevity. People genuinely like this movie. I ended up watching it. I got the Blu-ray of it. And and part of me thinks that's not a great idea because it makes the graphics stand out even more for oh, what really? they are. Okay. But very, very simple story. Trailer park kid, senior in high school, even though he looks like he might be in his mid twenties. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's definitely older. Likes to play video games, but is the is the one m- video game, in <laughs> yeah, or yeah, likes to play the one video game. Hey, I could remember the biggest tragedy, and I'll talk about this at the end. Do you know there was never a Starfighter video game? 
Oh, I thought that was a real game. I thought no. this was based on a video game. <laughs> no. That's where I thought they got no. the idea. No, somebody's made like an emulator of it, but uh, I'll talk about the post-movie, what happened, because there were multiple games made, like going to be made for this that never happened. He's really good at this video game. He gets the high record, the whole town or the whole character. Yeah, because at first, he it's the night he can't go out with his friends. Maggie comes back early. He's all PO'd at her because she rode with some guy or whatever, but he's playing this video game. So it's just Otis and Maggie watching <laughs> Alex play. And then as he's breaking the record, Otis is like, everybody come here and everybody in the trailer park is out there. <laughs> yep. nuts. Just to show how crazy it is for the people that are like, okay, I, I haven't seen this movie. I'm going to play for you, Ty, a little bit of the clip of what happens as he starts to break the record. Good show, Starfighter. With Alex, look. Oh my God, was it 900,000? <laughs> you gonna bust the record. Hey, hey, listen up, everybody. Alex is going for the record. Yeah, so <laughs> everybody's going to break the record. And again, this is such a cliche, and I get why a lot of black actors now are pushing back against this. But Otis, like, I enjoyed his character in this movie, but you're so good, you're going to break the game. Like, come on, man. <laughs> like, they got to write better lines for him. <laughs> and what what does he do after he breaks it? He goes in and he's like, hey, mom, I broke the record. <laughs> yeah. And the mom hands him a rejection letter. And that's when he like has his slow walk and chucks the letter against the, the, the starlight star bright sign. Yep. And then that's when Centauri shows up. Now, uh -huh. this guy ripped. I loved this character in the movie. I loved his arc. I love that he came back to life. every day. <laughs> So the actor's Robert Preston. Okay. He seemed like somebody I knew, but then when I looked up his IMDb, I had recognized nothing. He's Lyle Landley from, from The Simpsons. Simpsons. Yeah, so that character oh. of Lyle Landley is based off of a character that Robert Preston played okay. from The Music Man. He played uh, Professor Hill, I think was the name or whatever, but he's a fast The Music Man's about a fast-talking con artist that comes in and basically yep. bilks the people out of their money. And Did he give him places to North Haverbrook. <laughs> yep. Did and he put North Haverbrook on the map. That's Lyle Landley was based off of that character. And when they okay. were writing this script, they envisioned the character of Centauri like the character from the music man. So it was kind of a big coup that they got Robert Preston awesome. to be in this movie. It also is his last film role ever oh, that's a bummer he passed away a few years later he did some tv but he was older you could see and he oh yeah yeah but he had oscar i don't think he ever won an oscar but he has oscar nominations he has tony awards i mean he was definitely a name a known name it, at the time and his voice is one of those things like back back then that it's 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 a voice for radio like yeah. the dude's just got this booming powerful you you have to listen to him and he has that and i've got a clip later on here but he has that very rapid way of speaking and, oh yeah totally and when he gets alex in the car and shakes hands with the beta unit and <laughs> they go off and i mean i thought it was funny you see the car going fast and the cops look at the 303 or 303 <laughs> miles yeah and then when he like takes his face off while they're flying in and out his face to go to the place at first too yeah yeah i i love centauri and centauri and Lewis were probably my two favorite characters. I got to give Lance Guest, the actor, credit. He definitely looks like he's confused. 
and <laughs> they go to the planet Rylos and mm-hmm. they see the what was the the one dude's name or whatever the Rigel n- Rigel no the the Endura or whatever the guy who was head of the Rylians Rylians or whatever I was just is it Zor no Zor's the bad guy yeah Enduran Ambassador okay. Enduran and okay. I actually do like this little bit they play in this movie they they clip something on them and. It's so he can understand what all the yeah. other aliens are saying. And he says to them, oh, you're speaking English. And the alien says, no, you're just hearing. Yeah. I'm like, oh, OK. Now, this is all also where you meet Greg. OK. Greg is awesome, too. <laughs> I love Greg in this movie. So do you know who plays Greg? No idea. Dan O'Hurley. The name is familiar, but I couldn't tell you from. He's where. the old man in RoboCop and RoboCop 2. Oh, no. All right. (laughs) And coming in the third season, we're going to watch Halloween three season of the witch. He is also the bad guy in that movie. Okay. So again, I mean, these are some people. And then you see Alex is sitting there and then suddenly Zer's big giant head comes in. And yeah, that was (laughs) wild with the big head walking in there. And I did read something about that, how they were kind of doing their take on Wizard of Oz. Yes. When that happened. So. Once I read that, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. But there's there's a lot of big swings in this movie. And when they hit, they hit. And yeah. that was part of it where I'm like, okay, I actually kind of like this part that I'm watching. Well, and that's, you see, Zer. Zer is a Rylan. He's the ambassador's son. And he's got that kick-ass scepter that has the knife that pokes out of it. I got major Kylo Ren vibes. <laughs> yes. That, that's what I got from him. But he was even more evil. Yeah, then Kylo Ren, and then you have the kick-ass Codans and the one guy with the little red thing that flips oh, over yeah. on his eye. <laughs> Those guys also seemed like they were aware of the situation they were in, but they did not want to be in said situation. They really hated whatever Zer. Yeah, they yeah. really hated Zer. Yeah, so you know all basic stuff, but Alex rightfully so likes all. And I, I give this movie credit for doing this in the script. He's like, "This is insane. I'm going home." Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. He's a he's a teenage kid who's putting this wild outer earth space like thing and he has no idea. And I feel like I mean most of us would probably go insane and lose our minds and, you know, have a mental breakdown, but he's acting like how I think most kids would act in this scenario. Like, I can't be here. This is a mistake. I need to go home. Well, he heads home and Centauri is is peeved and also Centauri you realize is like grifting people on his own planet for oh, cash yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think Centauri has every right to be mad because he believes in Alex. Yeah, and we forgot to say Centauri developed this video game to test people to see (laughs) who could be these true starfighters that could fight the Kodan Armada. Yep. As as Alex is walking away, Centauri leaves him this gift and advice. Hey, listen, I can't take a present from you, Centauri. He reduces me to poverty again. He thinks I'm giving him a present. What world this is? It is. It's a second chance, my boy. If you change your mind, just tap the communal crystals. Keep it. Alex, Alex, you're walking away from history. History. Did Chris Columbus say he wanted to stay home? No. What if the Wright brothers thought that only birds should fly? And did Galoka think the Yulus were too ugly to save? Who's Galoka? Never mind. Listen, Centauri, I'm not any of those guys. I'm a kid from a trailer park. If that's what you think, then that's all you'll ever be. Yeah. <laughs> it's true again i love his voice that's uh i do love the whole they it's this joke with star trek that you always have to say things in three so they'll be like 
Oh, yeah. you know, Isaac Newton, Albert Einstein, and Beeble Booglebugger. <laughs> and you always invent some third one that makes no sure. sense whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, so that's what Centauri's like. If you think this is all you're ever going to be, then that's all you'll ever be. Yeah, and he, he's been saying this whole movie how he wants to get out of Starlight Starbright, and he wants to go to college, and he wants to do better things with his life. But he's falling into similar patterns, which... I think they do a good a good job of later when he's talking to Maggie and Maggie says to him, this is right near the end, but maybe you're right. Maybe I am afraid to leave. I thought they did a good job talking about that. Well, that's when he runs it. First, we saw the beta unit getting its face melted on. That was <laughs> wild. They, under the covers and Lewis is like, oh, I'm just going to look at my Playboy. And then Maggie comes in and you just see a body breathing. And when they show his face, I was like, wait a minute. What happened? Yeah, that was that was pretty creepy. but. It's hard to notice unless you are looking for it. The scenes with Beta Alex, not the one with him and Alex, that scene was already in the movie. But the other scenes, like with him and Maggie and him and Lewis and stuff like that, those were filmed afterwards because the audience really liked that character. The problem is Lance Guest, who played Alex and Beta, he had cut his hair after the movie for another movie he was doing. And then during the course of the reshoots, he got sick. So if you oh. look at the beta Alex, he actually is wearing a wig and like oh. more makeup, which makes him look a little bit more unnatural, not like Alex. Okay. And again, a happy accident, but I think it works out. It's good comic relief in a movie where I didn't expect it. Like when he takes his head off to fix his ear mm -hmm. and he tells Lewis, you're having a horrible nightmare. Like yeah. go back to sleep. Or when Alex is talking to him, talking to beta Alex and they're having the back and forth and they both go to sleep, mm -hmm. Lewis, or when... He's out with Maggie and they're with all the friends and he can hear everything the one guy's saying. So he's saying it back to him. And then he's like, okay, now do you talk dirty to me? Like, I thought I really, for as corny and cheesy as some may see it, I really enjoyed it. No, but that's it. I think it was a little bit of a happy accident because that those were all added in later. But this is when you learn to, first off, the Kodan Armada basically kills all the starfighters on Rylos. Yep. Like, again, it's like Star Wars when they blow up the... Alderaan. Alderaan, yeah. yeah. And then you have you have an assassin alien coming after Alex. <laughs> Who, when he's in his human form, looks like the dirtiest, creepiest <laughs> yeah. old man I've ever seen. And poor, uh, we're, we're led to believe that poor Centauri takes a bullet for Alex, as, or a laser bullet or whatever. Do you see the money? Oh, it's all right behind me. And then he dies. And uh, what's his face? That's to like close his eyes with his lizard hands. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm Greg. He does bring Alex back. Alex is like, yeah. okay, I guess I got to do this. And realizes he's the only one. Yeah, and that's when the movie, like, it goes to, to use a space term, warp speed from that yes. point. Greg's like, I didn't think there was a better way to teach you than throwing you into combat. You're the last one we have. You have to save our plan. Well, I'm going to play. I'm going to play this. It's not the whole clip. Greg basically introducing Alex to his new destiny. Is this my Gunstar? This is a prototype different from the other ships. She has greater range, more power, and a slight weapons modification. And of course, she's got deflector plating, so she can withstand several direct hits. From here, this is where I navigate the ship, maintain life support and propulsion systems. Okay, so what do I say? Way up there, in the gunnery chair. Okay. Now, climb into the gunnery chair. Now, I'm moving you into launch position. There in front of you are the two switches for your heads-up display. Turn them on. While you're engaging the enemy, the screen will reflect all battle instruments towards you. Now, it looks like the video game. And totally. Exactly the, like the video the game. The scene goes on and the controls are exactly like the video game. It's yep. all, it's, again, Centauri's idea. It's not a bad idea. 
No, not but, at all. But they're the only ones. Just like the video game, he's the only one. He has been recruited by the Space League to defeat Zur and the Kodan Armada. And I do want to say, like, when he first gets there, the, the time he goes back, I loved when he got there and, like, see all the other recruits who've been picked, and they're all alien creatures. Mm-hmm. And there's that one alien creature that looks like an octopus, and Alex steps on his foot. Like, <laughs> yeah. that scene. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes out there, and a lot of this, again, is heavy computer graphics, but goes oh, yeah. out there. and It is, looks like the video yeah. game. He's doing well because, again, he's good. And it's at the end, though, they're pretty overwhelmed. Now, in the earlier scene, while he's going through all this stuff, Alex asks what this special button is. And Greg says, oh, that's Death Blossom. That's a weapon of last resort. So they're in the position. And Alex is like, look, this is the last resort. We got to use it. So I want to play this exchange on what Death Blossom is. I support good. Ammo packs a peak. I think we gotta use Death Blossom. Remember, Death Blossom delivers only one massive volley at close range. Theoretically. What do you mean, theoretically? After all, DB has never been tested. It might overload the systems. Blow up the ship! What are you worried about, Greek? Theoretically, we should already be dead. Mm-hmm. Open Death Blossom petals. Switches on. So it's all opening up like a big flower. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do not trigger DB until we're within range. Just use your lasers until I give the signal. Remember to leave your target. recruited by the Star League to defend the frontier. Now you're ready. This is it. Here we go. Charge! And they open it up, and you see the ship just spinning like mad, spinning laser fire everywhere. It's like uh, when people in movies have machine guns, and they're spinning around and Mm -hmm. shooting them over and over again. It's actually a good-looking scene. I mean... Totally. For 1984, (laughs) you're absolutely right. I also want to point out a moment that made me laugh. I don't know if it was intended to, but Alex and Greg are talking to one another, and Greg's talking about his family, Mm -hmm. and he shows them that little picture thing. And it's (laughs) Greg's wife, who, the only way you know it's a female, is that she has, like, a sash. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that was supposed to make me laugh, (laughs) if they did it for comic relief, or this is supposed to be, like, the harrowing moment where you see what they're going through, but I... I chuckled to myself when I no, watched no, it. Six thousand kids, I believe. Six hundred and six thousand. Yeah. Death Blossom knocks out most of the Kodan fleet. They just have the mothership left, and the Kodans decide Zur is a pile of garbage. So yep. they arrest him, take away his cool little staff, but he runs away to go launch a ship and come to the sequel that never happened. But again, a lot of 80s movies were like this, though. The Masters of the Universe movie literally ends with Franklin Jealous Skeletor going, I'll be back. And he never was. But um, (laughs) so they're sitting there and Alex and Greg, they get the ship up and running again. It's coming towards the mothership. Everything's blowing up. And I will say this is one of the I've done a lot of theater in my life. I've seen a Mm -hmm. lot of movies. This is up there as one of the top three most Badass death scenes in movies. So I'm going to play okay. this for you. Damage report. Guidance system out. Auxiliary steering out. The vents. The vents. She won't answer the helm. We're locked into the moon's gravitational pull. What do we do? We die. <laughs> <Bro. laughs> That's like a bad character. <laughs> the Kodan oh. general or what? Yeah. 
Like, all right, this is what we signed up for. So he gets a, like you said, that death scene was pretty rad. I'm like, again, I know he's a bad guy and I'm supposed to really get him. Like, he's going out like a, like, like a, like a badass. No, he doesn't. He does this little red. Yeah, it's cold. <laughs> and he blow up. Alex is the hero. Alex and Greg. Let's give Greg credit. Here. Oh yeah, they're the hero. They want him to stay on to train the new starfighters. Well, he, no, he has to. When they have that oh, yeah. whole theater of people watching him, <laughs> yeah. they're like, "This is a, these are all your people. You have to stay." <laughs> I when I was watching, I said, "Like he's a teenager. What other choice does he have? He has to help these got people out." So he goes back. They land the gun star at the Starlight Starbright thing. Mm-hmm. And everybody, the, everybody in the town, yeah. is there. <laughs> they, but they don't seem quite as excited when he beat the video game score. Now, no, no, no. <laughs> but also, oh, we forgot wanna, about Beta. But oh, go. Ahead. I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say with Beta, Alex, you find out that he's a Beta because when he's hitting on Maggie, <laughs> like trying to, and he, he, I love it too because he's like, I'm sick of this. I'm not the real Alex. I'm a Beta, <laughs> Alex. I got wires inside me. You're nuts. And then one of the Zodan or whatever shoots him, and you see all his insides, and it's green again. If, if if Maggie were a real person and not a movie, she would go insane. <laughs> yeah. Something like this happened in front of her, but she's like, okay, take me back to the, the starlight star right there. Yep. But he, he sacrifices himself. He yeah. blows up the he, assassin ship. Yeah. yeah. And Alex comes back and he's in his, his space suit, his spaceship. And he's like, you know, Did his mask looked like it was fogging up when he was yes. coming down. Yeah. It, I was going to say, it looked like it was kind of like, fogged. Yeah. And he's there and he tells Maggie, hey, I want you to come with me. And she rightfully says, oh, no. And yeah. then and he's like, OK, then he's like, bye, mom. And then he. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, mom. See you later, Louis. Yeah. Like, don't, don't get into what's <laughs> He's leaving. And then Maggie's like her grandmother or whatever. And she's like, Man. oh, right. Or whatever they do up there. And yeah. here's two 18 year olds that are going to go. <laughs> Move to another planet. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the cynical side of me, too, is, A, I wanted her to stay with her grandma. Yeah. That's what happened in real life. But, B, if there were a sequel, like, I want to see the sequel of them fighting in space <laughs> about a little room that they have. Yeah. They only have one bathroom and stuff like that. But I understand why she went. It's a movie from 1984. You want to have a happy ending. But why didn't he bring Lewis with him? <laughs> Lewis was, was in a space <laughs> helmet at the start of the movie, scaring people with his little space gun. Yep. He was the one who led us to the Starfighter video. Uh-huh. And and well, at the end, Lewis goes to play the game. Hopefully they'll bring him back one day. Yeah. Hopefully. And then that's that's the end of the movie. Tight hour forty space adventure. Like I said, I don't know if you thought he's gonna like this movie oh, or I... we need to talk about, but I when I sat there and like and I got done and this was the first like for this season I'm trying something where I don't take notes because I want to see how much of it I can remember. I retained ninety nine percent of this movie. Like I Really enjoyed it, and I also appreciated the short runtime of it. Of the eight movies I have for this, these are all movies I genuinely think, I don't want to say good, because Flash Gordon's not a good movie. But well, this isn't enjoy- quote, unquote, right. good. No, yeah, no yeah. enjoyable. But this came out in 1984 at the, at the height of Siskel and Ebert and all their glory. And it, even if it was a little movie, it tested well with audiences, got big distribution, did well in the theater, so Siskel and Ebert covered it. Now, okay. I have to tell you in the audience that earlier they had covered the movie, The Never-Ending Story. Okay. And one of them really did not like it, and the other one did. And I'm telling you that story because they fight about it during the review of this clip. So they're done showing the clips, and they're reviewing the movie, and here's a Siskel Niebuhr. And the relationship between O'Hurley and his teenage pupil is one of the best things in The Last Starfighter, but the movie 
is one of those close misses that has some good things in it without ever quite pulling itself together. The video game ideas seem borrowed right out of Walt Disney's Tron, and the battles in space are going to look awfully familiar to anyone who's ever seen Star Wars. In fact, that moving cockpit that helped him to aim his weapons there is right out of the very first Star Wars movie. Mm -hmm. I like some of the ideas in The Last Starfighter, but I can't quite recommend the movie. And I can. I like the idea. The, the premise, I think, is terrific, you know, that this is training ground for mm -hmm. the big show, the big league. I also like where it was set in this little trailer park, you know, that uh, the light is anoints this little kid, and he's, mm -hmm. he's a working-class kid. The other kids are out, richer kids are out at the beach, and he's at the big journey. I like the relationship between him and his girlfriend. I like the double. I liked every single thing about the hmm. picture. I thought the graphic look was fresh, and I enjoyed it, too. Well, I thought it was just kind of a retread. I just didn't. I liked it a little bit. I don't give it a recommendation, but I don't hate it either. I think it was just not quite there. This, this is not so quite aggressive better. enough okay. this is and so tightly much, edited yeah. enough. Oh, I thought that quite, was. Oh, I don't think so. I think, I think I, it was this just is so much of, more entertaining than The NeverEnding Story, for example. I think you're giving a pass to The NeverEnding Story. I still want to fight that battle one more time uh -huh, because okay. it's made for little kids. And so, well, it's good enough for little kids. This film, I think I never said okay. never any story was good enough for little kids. I think it's good enough for me, and this isn't good enough for me. Yeah, so I case closed on those Case things. closed, as far as you're concerned. Yeah. For me. But don't put words in my mouth. Okay. The thing that I like is this film, I think, is so much better. It's so much better looking, so much more adult and crisp and characters that you can and relate to. And so much more to. original for anyone who's never seen a Star Wars picture. Never ending story, is, as you compared it to earlier, is not original either. You know, you compare that to uh, the one with the Dark Crystal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gene, Gene Siskel was like, "All right, I'm just, I'm done with this." That's how he sounded. At the he couldn't even remember Dark Crystal. He was just so over the heart. Yeah, and we're we're not doing this movie, but like this is the 40th anniversary of the Last Starfighter. I just went to go see the 40th anniversary of David Lynch's Dune. When I was watching this, one of the recommended recommended videos was them reviewing Dune, David Lynch's oh. Dune. Oh my God! Did they both absolutely hate that movie? <laughs> I, I'm I'm stoked for the sequel that's coming out. I think yeah. next week I believe it's yeah. coming out, so I'm stoked for that. And the first Dune, built I can never say the director's name, but the first newer Dune that came out, I loved. I despise. <laughs> I would so much rather if you're gonna pick between that, watch a Jodorowsky's Dune. That is yeah. a much better documentary than. Oh, that's it is. a much better movie than. David Lynch's dude, in my opinion. So let's talk about the legacy. Let's talk first about the actors in this. Yeah, uh, yeah. They've all, like I said, they've all had careers, but this, for a lot of them, was the thing they're most known for. If I look at Lance Guest, I know he was on an episode of The Wonder Years. He played like oh, a, cool. he played like government teacher or something like that. And he's done tons of television, but he also recently he's on a him and a couple other people are off Broadway production where he plays johnny cash it's cool i think it's called million dollar quartet but he, oh yeah our folks saw that oh okay yeah so yeah he so originally, maybe they saw him in yeah the yeah but his next big movie was probably jaws of the revenge but again Never he's he's had a consistent career in like television he's been there same thing with Catherine mary stewart like i said there's three big movies i could talk about and the apple is definitely not a big movie so i don't know why i said three but she, <laughs> She was the love interest in Weekend at Bernie's, but again, has had a pretty darn good just TV career. The kid that played Lewis, Chris Herbert, yeah, yeah. he acted as a kid. He is today a high school teacher. Oh, dope. My favorite line that he had when he looks down and says, what the shit? Yeah. When he's at, I'm like, that little kid's person, that's great. So. 
Yeah, no, he he acted all the way up to like 1996. But yeah, he's a teacher. That's what he does for. They kept all of his lines and he's not acting. Will we all his lines get cut? He's way more out there. Yeah, he got yeah, he got completely cut. But and guys like Dan O'Hurley and Robert Preston who played Centauri, they were older guys. They were known actors. They'd been around a long time, but Unlike some of the other movies we've done, there's no like super tragedy or things like that. Sure, that that's good. That that makes me like this even more is that these people are seemingly normal and they don't have weird political stuff that we know about. It was pretty well reviewed when it came out. A lot of people had the same criticisms that Roger Ebert had. It's a ripoff of Star Wars. It's another one of these. Imitation is the sincerest form of yeah. flattery. Yeah, but people kind of liked the they liked the design of the ship. They liked all these mm-hmm. other things. I got like big 2001 Space Odyssey from the ship when he first got on. They reminded mm-hmm. me of what's a space walking through the ship mm-hmm. in that in 2001. Obviously a big movie. And this wasn't based off a video game. So everybody's like, we got to make a video game. And at the very end of the credits. Now, I wasn't on the one I have. So I wonder if it's been scrubbed. So maybe the original print of the movie. It says, look for the last starfighter from Atari Incorporated. It is. Oh, I didn't have that, but I did see that Atari was like a producer or yeah. something on the movie. So they had been building this game out and it would have had it was going to not be for the 2600. We all think it was going to be for a future, a more next gen. It was going to have like scenes from the movie and stuff like that is going to be the exact same controllers as like the Star Wars game, which was similar to the controls of this game. But Atari saw the movie and they said this thing's going to fail. So they dropped the project. What? <laughs> Man, this is like, uh, that bums me out because this is a, well, it's a solid movie. There's nothing too bad or too great about it. Now, Atari did have a pretty working version for the for a computer, like at the time, probably the Apple II or an IBM, but they didn't really brand it with The Last Starfighter, and it came out as a game called Star Raiders 2. And then there was another game for like Nintendo that was being developed at the time is going to be a copy of a Commodore game called Uridium, but it never went anywhere. There was a company that made a freeware version of the game and built their own cabinet back in 2007. But again, nothing really came of it, which is so weird to me of a movie based off a video game that they didn't make it. Yeah, they didn't. (laughs) I mean, just for, you'd think like maybe now they, somebody can make one just for nostalgia's sake, Mm -hmm. because I'm sure this movie has. Well, they have that freeware version that, yeah. Well, yeah, but it's something that an idiot video game idiot like myself could play in February of 2008. And then Hollywood Reporter always lists like movies that are in production, pre-production, all this stuff. Hollywood Reporter reports some company called GPA Entertainment had a film called Starfighter and okay. it was in pre-production. They were writing the script and it was going to be a sequel to this movie. And it was it was actually what's his name? Lance Guest. I keep forgetting. Yeah. Lance uh, Guest. Yeah. It was Lance Guest that had said something about that. Yeah, he had been in talks with him and everything like that. But it just, by the time 2012 was around, it was still listed in The Hollywood Reporter as pre-production. Ah, bummer. But at the time, you had both Seth Rogen and Steven Spielberg openly talking about this movie, the Starfighter movie. Man, (laughs) that would have been awesome. Now, Spielberg has talked about making a, a sequel or a remake. He's talked about it a few times. but. Part of it is some issues with rights and things like that. So it just kind of has been floating there. I think Spielberg could do a good job. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anything to wash out the bad taste of uh, Ready Player One. Yeah. I didn't like. I don't no. know. 
the rights seem to be kind of secured. Everybody seems to think that Universal Pictures has the rights while like home media distribution is with Warner Brothers. But everybody seems to have gotten this figured out. And in July of 2015, they were going to do a TV series, like a limited TV series of it for maybe Netflix or something like that. Yeah. By 2008, there was some concept art for the last Starfighter sequel that was put out on Twitter. And it was being said that it was going to be a combination of a reboot and a sequel that will be true to the legacy of the film. 08 or 18? 18, sorry. Oh. As of March 25th, 2021, there's a concept reel on YouTube with some concept art and music, but nothing. That... So it just sounds like people have an idea, but nobody's willing to give money to make this. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it just doesn't seem to be happening. Maybe it's better left where it is. I'd never seen it. I'd never heard of it until you told me about it. And I really enjoyed what I've seen. And I've said it before on this podcast. Maybe all we need is one last starfighter. Mm-hmm. But that we can make up stories in our own. I like I I like this movie a lot, and maybe it's better off that there is no. No, well, it's uh, nothing ever truly dies. So that's true. Yep. In two thousand four, an off Broadway theater troupe in New York created a musical. <laughs> off of the last part, <laughs> yes. So I listened to this, and okay, it's awful. Yeah, I'm sure it is. <laughs> it's uh. And I'm going to play you a piece of it, and I'm going to play you the best piece of it. But okay. part of the problem is it's way too earnest. There's like yeah. a song called Father and Son, which is between Zur and his dad. And it's like, no, weirdly I, not goofy. What made Zur mm-hmm. so bad is that like you just see him as this power hungry maniac. I don't need to know his story of his dad. So here is the company of the last Starfighter musical singing about Alex about to break the record. So I'm going to play you a bit of this tie. And life support starfighter, 75% firepower remaining. Oh, Alex, no, Alex, watch out below, Alex. Oh, what a schmo, Alex. Grab up and go. Oh, 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 Little do we know our world was changing this very moment. Little do we know this trailer park would not be the same. All because of an outer space video game. So you get the idea. <laughs> that sounds like the play that Lisa and and Marge went to where the guy's like, no, that's just my aspirin. That's like a- Checking out. Yeah, or checking in or something like that. (laughs) That's what that sounded like, except I would rather see checking out or checking (laughs) in. That these are people that are too close to it and like the type of people who go online today be like, this movie has so many allegories that all of you regular people that's that should have never been made. (laughs) There's there's no that's like when the Ninja Turtles had a musical. There's no need for that. There's no need for that. Yeah. Yeah, that's the best piece. Oh, yeah. And here's Uh, the thing about it is it's the rest of it's not even weirdly that goofy. It's weirdly a little too earnest. That's a bummer, man. That bums me out. Thing with The Last Starfighter, like I said, I remember watching this as a kid and remember being like, hey, I like my space stuff. And well, so I was trying to figure it out. You would have been like my daughter's age when this Mm -hmm. came out, right? Right around then. So I imagine with your love of sci-fi and like your love of star wars and stuff this is right down your alley and you got to remember at that time too so obviously there's star wars and then 
there's something like Blade Runner, which just made no damn sense to me whatsoever. <laughs> it does now, though. Yeah. Star Wars really ushered in this kind of age of pop sci-fi. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a, a a podcast I listen to called Inglorious Trexperts, and it's these guys all around my age, a little bit older, and it's all about Star Trek and stuff. And they talk about this a lot, too, that they love Star Trek, but Star Trek was sci-fi. Star Wars was pop sci-fi. Star Wars made science fiction popular. And it's accessible. I've yeah. seen Star Wars. I've never watched Star Trek. Yeah. So they have in the intervening years after Star Wars, there were still things like uh, the black hole, Disney's black hole, which I remember as a kid being bored to tears with it. I tried to watch it on Disney plus like during the pandemic. And it was like, I just can't, I mean, spaceships and Ernest Borgnine just don't do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's understandable. But so you still had a lot of these regular sci-fi, but you did have some of these these pop sci-fi things. And I think at the end of the day, The Last Starfighter is one of the better ones. I mean, Tron, yeah. I'm not kidding you. Tron is a boring movie. I've never seen it, nor uh, have I seen Tron Legacy. I don't have a desire to watch Tron it. Legacy is a way too long music video. But it's that funk. No, no, it is. Yeah, that's why <laughs> that I say if, if I break it up into five minute increments, it's incredible, but All right. <laughs> it's, it's hard to watch it. T- and like Tron legacy is like two and a half hours long or something. Oh, that's too long. Yeah. But and Garrett Hedlund, who they tried to make a star, like, I don't yeah. know why he had to keep being in movies, but they, I mean, this movie has gone on. I could remember vividly when George W. Bush was made president and everybody kind of had him as this like goofy frat boy in the onion one day said bush is excited to remodel the uh, oval office and one of the things he had was a poster of the last starfighter <laughs> <laughs> god the onion just always hits they're always hitting home <laughs> and when i thought of this movie because i've got two movies that have the word last in it this year and i'm going to do the la- the other one last of the season but i had to do this one because of the Catherine mary stewart connection and everybody sure. knows that I'm a, I have a, I have a weird sense of OCD that I have to do my pop culture in order. Understood, man. But a movie that again, a little simple script. I mean, watching it, I was amazed by like they. I'm going into town and I'm going to college and just mm-hmm. now they're. Oh, tra- I didn't get accepted for my loan. I'm gonna beat this video. Game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And even the trailer park is in like beautiful mountain regions. Uh-huh. I mean, and I love that it it when it's lit up it's starlight <laughs> yeah star bright like, i know it's yeah. it's it's a super simple script but the actors all do a great job the the movie itself and i'll say when i was like um i didn't know if you were gonna like it. i didn't know if i was gonna like it and i loved it i sat down and i was like this is a nice little movie a nice little fun <laughs> movie i i like sci-fi i think as you know and most people who listen to this know and then if you can sprinkle in good comedy, like Lewis and Beta Alex <laughs> were good comedy. And this movie had some moments where it could get kind of dull. And then they would show up. It's like, oh, yeah, these are two people that I love. So everything about this movie, I even read some stuff that some actors think it's cheesy or corny. I didn't at all. I think it's very like they had a, they look like they had a good time filming it. They, the writers did a decent job. The director did a good job. The actors were great. Like I, I really enjoyed this movie, especially putting myself back in that now, I was only two, but I remember the 80s pretty well. So, like, putting myself back then, I I really liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah, and I go back to the effects of this movie. And, again, I was probably blown to pieces. I mean, I can't really understand what they're saying in here, but it's uh, I'm sure it's really, really small. But the animation had 250,000 polygons at a resolution of 3,000 by 5,000 pixels. I'm sure things are much better now. But at yeah. the time, 
this and Tron were the first movies that used this kind of technology. And even when I was watching Lynch's Dune, the scene where they put the shields on is, is it looks terrible. It just looks yeah. wrong. Tron looks good, but the whole movie is these graphics and that it's like watching a really badly drawn cartoon. Sure. Where this, the, the graphics were not integral to the story. You know, it's no, like, I, I go back to our dad because our dad was born in 1950. Sorry, dad, if I'm doxing your age, yeah. but he, he will tell me because I, you know, I'll talk about Marvel movies and how crazy the graphics are. And he told me that when he saw Jason and the Argonauts, that was the greatest thing ever. I will watch a movie like Army of Darkness, who makes fun of Jason and the Argonauts, but our dad was blown away by that. You mm-hmm. were blown away by this. Like, you have to put yourself back in that time to realize how far we've come. Yeah, and I'm not going to get into a long discussion about this, but when I was watching the Lynch Dune, which was a very expensive movie, had a lot of money behind it and stuff like that, but it looks like it came from 1984. Mm-hmm. I watched Star Wars, which was in 1977, seven years earlier, and the effects still look great. Yeah, I mean, I didn't watch all the Star Wars until seven years ago, eight years ago, when my daughter was born, and those movies are timeless. Mm-hmm. Or you watch, like, The Road Warrior, or, or even the original Mad Max, and yes, Fury Road looks better, but all in all, the movies, effects-wise, look very similar because there are a lot of practical effects. I yeah, mean, and I, that's what I was telling Kirk today is like, I appreciate practical effects as opposed to everything. Being but then there's some things like with this, they just couldn't make. And they wanted, I think, play off the video game aesthetic. So it worked for them in that aspect. But it's, you're right. It's, what was I, what was it? I think it was a John Favreau, like Lion King movie. I mean, yeah, it's that uh, one. I love the original Lion mm-hmm. King and like, I love the people involved with the, live action mm-hmm. quote-unquote live action like that's a bad move well it, it's bad just movie. no right it's it's the uh the the line from jurassic park your your scientists never stop to ask if they could do it and yeah. where, where if, if they should i know i'm doing yeah. that really no, really bad i know what you're talking but about. yeah you're right we get to this point and i end on this whole godzilla minus one thing i mean the movie's a great movie for the fact that it's a great movie it's every a, person i hear who's in hollywood or like lives in LA. I haven't seen that movie. They say that should win the Oscar for better. Oh, I read this interview with the director and he was, they were at a luncheon for, for video effect for the Oscars because they're up for effects. And he said he was standing there and a guy came up to him and said, Oh, I always wanted to meet or I really wanted to meet you. And he's like, Oh, it must be a fan. He turned around to Steven Spielberg. And, oh, wow. <laughs> and the guy, the guy was like, he goes, I was really nervous for a minute because when is, not to give it away, but the movie starts a few years earlier before Godzilla's all nuked up, so he's not as big. But he was the director kept saying, I kept hoping Spielberg was like, beginning of your movie ripped off Jurassic Park. I'm mad. He's like, because I ripped off Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> I got to watch this. I haven't seen it. But again, everybody who whose opinion I respect, including yours, has not stopped talking about how good that is. No, but it is. It's the effects and the care that they took with it that it was important. and. There's I like I saw this great thing on it's not Twitter, but like Blue Sky or something where somebody said the modern state of Godzilla is American Godzilla. Let's create weird, stupid science and have weird monsters punch each other and all this other stuff. Yeah. And then they said Japanese Godzilla. Oh, shit. There's Godzilla. <laughs> <It's a monster>. <laughs> 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 They're like, you could take any movie and just put Godzilla in there. It'll be like, oh, shit. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a huge <laughs> yeah. lizard-like monster. They made this like harrowing movie about war and survivor's guilt and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, let's throw Godzilla in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's great. So getting back to The Last Starfighter, which is yeah, definitely yeah. <laughs> not Godzilla. But uh, no. Yeah. And so fun, though. That's what I was going to ask you. Are you pissed that you didn't see a sequel or... So part of me, yes, but also because I'd like to know like what Alex is doing now, if Lewis made it up there, if him and Maggie are still together. What happened to Granny? What happened to Alex's mm. mom? Who, a lot of those people are probably dead. Well, Alex <laughs> breaks a video game record, goes to tell his mom, and she gives him bad, bad news. Like, come on. Mm. But part of me is also like, no, it's good. Where it's, I look at a movie I adore, like Major League, where they made two sequels. Those sequels are terrible. Yeah. And it doesn't take away from how great Major League is, but I know that they've always made two of them. Maybe it's good that they only made one last Starfighter. Maybe that's a good thing. So I'm, I guess overall, it would have been nice to see a sequel, but I don't necessarily need it. No, and I go back to Zer running away. They always try to set these up. I don't care that they do that, but you're right. I live in this world. I had not seen this movie in probably 30 years, and I could sit down and be like, yeah, it's pretty damn good. I, yeah, it's an enjoyable, and it's hour and 40 minutes. Like yeah. People, if, if people from Hollywood are listening to make movies, start making your movies shorter. <laughs> And you're like, right. It takes a, it takes like the first 20 minutes yeah. are a bit slow. So it's, uh, but then it picked up like I want to see I wanted to see poor things and Iron Claw in the theater, but I could find two and a half hours to sit down in the theater. So now I'm going to have to watch it at home. I finally finished watching Bo is Afraid. It took me four separate cities because it's three hours long. We don't need to movies don't need to be that long anymore. No, it took me five separate cities to watch Killers of the Flower Moon, and I regret it. <laughs> i've heard a lot of people say that actually recently too all right they're, Ty. Their, their praise for godzilla minus one is equaled by their disdain for killing the flower yeah yeah <laughs> a very important story don't come at me a hundred percent yeah it just you didn't you didn't like the movie and that's okay all right well uh th- this is the beginning of season two i will be giving you and other people the the instructions on the next few movies but i know the one, actually, the one I'm looking most forward to is the dark backward because never seen it. You I've are, heard about it. I've heard about it from you. You're either going to think, "Wow, why have I never seen this movie? This is incredible," or you're going to wonder, "What in the holy f is wrong with my head?" <laughs> <laughs> Maybe both things. Will yeah. <laughs> Gosh, I mean, you're lucky I didn't pull the stone stage on you this time. I don't even know what that. Oh, is. that's that's a that's a that you want to talk about ripoffs maybe one season i'll do ripoffs that's a ripoff of dazed and confused which is i love dazed and confused. eminently worse <laughs> okay <laughs> but it's got i love it's got its moments so the stone okay. age not a, not coming here but soon maybe people so ty where are people gonna find you facebook and instagram ty kulik t-y-k-u-l-i-k all lowercase read my stuff on seed sing s-e-d-s-i-n-g.com all the pop culture stuff I've been, I've appeared on a few episodes of Chucklehead Chat hosted by our, our buddy Glenn. You can find that wherever you get podcasts, but mainly X Millennial Man podcasts. And I'm glad we're back doing this. First watch, rewatch is one of my favorite things. You showed me mostly good movies with few exceptions <laughs> like the Star Wars Christmas special, holiday special, mm-hmm. and Jason X I wasn't crazy about. Yeah. But hey, I've seen Buckaroo Banzai and now I've seen Last Starfighter. So. Yeah, I, w- I want to thank, I had somebody, a friend of my son's, uh, his his dad was talking to me about how he listened to a few of our episodes. And he said immediately when he was done, he went back to watch Buckaroo Banzai. Cause he's like, I probably haven't seen this in forever. <laughs> and I'm like, movie rules, man. Yeah. That might be my favorite movie I've watched to date. so far. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good one, but just get ready. There's some weird ones coming. So I like weird movies. <laughs>
All right. Well, that like I said, that puts us uh, out for season one. Remember to go subscribe to us on Apple, iHeart, season wherever. Two. Yes, yes. Season yeah, two. Season one. It's going to be out the 1st and 15th of every month. We're going to do eight episodes, take a little time off, and then come back and hit everybody with some Halloween Christmas stuff again. And I've got a few ideas going for that. So, I, I mean, with that, I, the only thing I can do, Ty, is go out with the great with tunes the of... Uh, <laughs> so I'll talk, to you. I'll talk to you next time. Take it easy. We should get a big old plaque and place it up here on this tree. Little did we know that Alex just brought fame to his name. Just because he won a dumb video game. This has been a Public Forum Productions. Find us at publicforumproductions.com. Make sure to follow to get all of our podcasts by going to Public Forum Productions on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere you find your podcasts.